Ask yourselves, are you willing to zero out for the Oasis? Are you willing to fight? I am Parzival of the High Five. In the name of Artemis, in the name of H, in the name of Daito and Sho, we ask you to join us on Planet Doom. In the name of James Halliday himself, help us save the Oasis. What is up and welcome back to another episode of Rotten Potatoes, the podcast where four friends sit around and review movies that you absolutely should have seen already, but at least one of us hasn't. My name's Tyler and I'm here with three of my best friends. What's up? I'm Scott. I'm Jake. I'm Zach. And this episode we're talking about uh, a, a like a, a I, I think a, a fairly successful blockbuster movie. Like we, we kind of go all over the place this year. We've done, you know... Obviously, you know, some really great, uh, you know, uh, family movies. movies. We've done some really great action movies. And then we've done all of the Fast Saga. Those, Those are, are the, the family, family movies. movies. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely talking about that, not Coco. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I was excited for us to do, for us to have another entry into Steven Spielberg. Uh, he's a director that we don't get to do a lot, frankly, because we've all seen most of his movies. You know, I feel like that might not be true because I feel like he has a million movies and I don't know that I've seen a lot of them, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I just, I feel like I was looking at his IMDb the other day and I can't remember anything in specific, so I shouldn't have started this sentence, but I was looking through <laughs> movies and I was like, I haven't seen that or that or that. Uh, so maybe I'll pick some coming up. There's no way if you were looking at the list and you can't remember that I can prompt you into that. Yeah. I think Bridge of Spies, <laughs> is Bridge of Spies one? Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that. I actually just watched it last night. Again, hmm. like huh? not for the first time, but yeah. I haven't seen also, it. Also, I just uh, updated really? our... Yeah. Just updated our sheet to have all of next year's picks available if you want to start putting them in. Oh, shoot. It's opened? I it's can't opened. believe I missed opening day. It's today. I oh, did it happened today? Earlier today. It's I'll do it later. Oh, I already did my day. first four picks. <laughs> wow. Of oh, course. Let's hear them. Uh, I got 12 Years a Slave, Little Women, the 2019 version. Okay. Uh, Parasite and 1917. Oh, you're making me watch Parasite again? So a lot of stuff you were going to do this before. last year. <laughs> before uh, there's you, still yeah, more that I have, I'm trying to, to remember. None of these were. Oh, 12 Years a Slave was already. It was the But the other three weren't. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to do Parasite. Mm -mm. Okay. I talked about it. I also changed my uh, Spooktober pick, but I think I told I you heard. Yeah. yeah, you had also mentioned you were going to do Indiana Jones two. Oh yeah, I could do that. We're going to do a I'll lot throw of that the, on um, next season. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to legitimately. I will. Uh, Molly's going to be pretty disappointed about that Spooktober pick. Last time I saw Molly, I was I got into the car, and the first thing she said to me was, "I love Saw and I love The Conjuring." I gave her access to the spreadsheet. Uh huh. And then I was like, "Man, I'm." Well, you're going to be excited that we I have to watch those. And now she's going to be pretty bummed that you changed it. Well, it's just going to move to next year. Okay. I'm also a little pretty bummed that we're not doing You want to do Saw? Do you want me to change it back? I would rather do Saw. I will say, though, Sleepy Hollow, I haven't seen it in 20 years, but I loved it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, and it's actually won Academy Awards. And no, it's a, it's a really yeah, I mean it's a it's, it's a good my movie. only shot at having an Academy Award this whole <laughs> this season. season. <laughs> I don't I like. Am I really gonna waste my last pick on a fifty percent Rotten Tomatoes saw? <laughs> That's fair. That's I don't think fair. I'm gonna like it. Uh, no, because it's Tim Burton. Yeah, it is oh, Tim that's Burton. why. Not yeah, because it's gonna be scary. Because it's Tim Burton. Yeah, I don't like any Tim Burton movies. And it's uh, what's his name again too? Johnny, Johnny Depp. Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Oh, I like Johnny Depp, but not probably not Johnny Depp in Tim Burton movie. Well, who knows? Yeah, we are kind of doing scissor hands too. Uh-huh. <laughs> follow up. To be followed up with uh the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Yes. Uh so Tyler, why did you getting back to our actual episode, why did you pick Ready Player One? Yeah, you know, I slept on this movie. Uh I didn't watch it until it came out on digital and I bought it. And watched it at home, and I was like, man, how did I not see this in theaters? Uh, and loved the story so much that I bought the book. Uh, absolutely loved the book. Uh, and then as soon as the sequel came out, like literally the day the sequel came out, I took the day off work, 
uh, it was like a Thursday or Friday, I think. I took the day off work and a long weekend and just kind of burned through the second book. Mm. And I'm very excited about the second movie. Steven Spielberg is coming back to do... When the, is it set to come out? I don't know that it's f- announced. Okay. Uh, I mean, the the movie's been in production, uh-huh. or at least I had in heard that it was being made. Yeah, but I wasn't. I didn't hear anymore. But I haven't seen like a trailer or a uh-huh. release date or anything like that. Uh, but I would imagine, based on when I heard about it, probably sometime late next year. Depending on how long this writer strike goes. Yeah, that obviously puts a massive wrench in uh, writer and in actor, <laughs> writer and actor strike right now. When or how long does it get until we get to the point where there's like nothing coming out? That's what happened in the original strike or not the original, the, the strike when like in the early 2000s. And that's why uh, reality TV got so huge right. in that time. Yeah. So you just get things oh, because they're not actors. You don't need so. writers or actors for. Got it. So there, there, there won't be nothing. There will just be garbage. But as far as like movies and theaters. Well, it might be like sooner rather than later because a lot of movies are being pushed because they can't properly market them. And so like Dune was just pushed to the beginning of next year. Mm. And so they're not really like maybe for some, but for a lot of films, they're, they're pushing them back so that they could have the actors interview and whatnot and market them. And so it's less of like, we're just going to get all these movies and then nothing. It's more like, these movies that we should be getting, we won't get for a while. They're still going to hold them until they can do everything that yeah. they normally would. It's kind of COVID 2.0. When it comes to movies. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, when it comes to the entertainment industry. Interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I absolutely love uh, loved this movie uh, and thought it was a really like, I, I really honestly, more than the movie, I really love the book. And I thought that the movie was a fairly faithful adaptation of the book i mean it had uh it had uh the the writer of the book was uh like a co-screenwriter on the film and he was like on set and you know very bought into the whole process and so it it at least is is you know uh true to the author's i don't know heart for the story when did the book come out do you know um the book came out I mean, not long before the movie, to be honest. Well, I shouldn't say not long. Only a few years before the movie. Okay. So pretty much as soon as the as soon as uh, the author Ernest Klein had been working with uh, like a a buddy, like pretty early on in the project, and this buddy shopped it around to film studios before it even hit print. Oh, interesting. So I think Warner Brothers bought the rights to the film before, uh, I think it was Warner, Warner Brothers distributed it, before the book was even released. Huh. Well, I'm going to jump into some of the facts around the movie. Yeah. Uh, this was directed, like we said, by Steven Spielberg, written by Zach Penn and based on a novel by Ernest Cline. Uh, released March 29th, 2018. Has a runtime of 140 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 72%. IMDb gave it a 7.4, so they're in agreement on where it's ranked. It had a pretty big box office of $583 million on a, also a fairly big budget of $170 million, so that's about a 3.4 return. And then it wasn't nominated or win any awards. So who was a, who was a late bloomer on this? I hadn't seen it. I was also a late bloomer. Scott, you had seen this before. I had seen this before. Did yeah. we watch it together? Yes. Did we watch it together for the first time? Um, I don't think so. Maybe. I might have seen it before you. You might have seen it and then like, because I saw it at our house. Yeah. Um, and you had bought it. Was that how you first watched yeah. it? Uh-huh. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was. we both had our first time together. I liked it. Either I watched it and immediately told you we've got to watch this movie together. It could be. Or we watched it together for the first time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the first time you saw it and, and rewatching it again, how did it hold up? Yeah, my initial take, uh, I remember liking it. I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be. I remember like seeing the previews for it and stuff and thinking like, oh, this is going to be a lame movie <laughs> yeah it um, looked like the dungeons and dragons movie turned out to be was kind of fun <laughs> i think i'll get into it later <laughs> um but yeah you know i've just seen like all these video game characters coming together and i'm like i've just never seen like movies like do this well this idea of bringing in all these different ips and like 
making it into a conglomerate like movie. Um, but yeah, I think they executed well. I thought it was a fun time. Definitely a popcorn movie. Like not a whole lot of like, I would say like heart or anything. Like even the speech was like the most heartfelt moment that we shared at the beginning. And I'm, it's kind of like, eh, but, uh, it's a fun time. I enjoy it. I had I enjoy all the references to video games and it's a decent story. Zach, you were a late bloomer on this. I was. what do you think? Um, I, I was kind of mid on it. It wasn't my favorite. Um, there were some aspects of it that I liked. I think I liked the first two acts quite a bit, and then the third kind of lost me. Um, but I had some fun with it. Um, there were some parts that I thought were really fun. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I, I enjoyed going into The Shining. I thought that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, ultimately, it's not, it's not one of my favorite Spielberg movies. Um, so yeah, I, I was kind of middle of the line on it. Jake, what about you? I feel like I agree with Zach. Like, I feel like I was pretty into it the first two acts, and I do think that it lost me a little bit. Like, honestly, it, like, it felt, I I was surprised, at at the end of the movie, I was surprised you picked it, because it felt like a kid's movie to Mm -hmm. me. Like, the way it wrapped up, and I wasn't expecting that. But one, because you picked it, and that doesn't seem like a you pick. And then two, because I just, I don't know, it didn't seem like a super kid movie to me, and then at the end, it kind of wrapped up that way. Uh, but I, I had a lot of fun with the first two acts, I would say, and there were a lot of things I really liked. I think the shining was my favorite part uh, as well. I thought that was really fun. Uh, and I think there were a lot of really fun parts. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I got a lot of spit in my mouth for some reason. Uh, but yeah, overall I was pretty mid on it. Yeah. I, uh, the shining, we can jump into that. We can talk about that for a little bit. That was my favorite part of the movie too. Uh, and yeah, you're right, Jake. Like, Typically, kids' movies are not going to be my pick. And this book, as well, is definitely, I would call it like young adult fiction, yeah. youth fiction. <clears throat> but, um, you know, it, it's sophomoric for sure. It's not, you know, a very heavy hitting novel. Um, but I love in the novel, I love all of the like pop culture references uh, in the book. And in the movie, they do a lot of different pop culture references, but I love how they handle it. Like, they just essentially take things where it's like, that just won't, that plays better in a book narrative format than it plays in a film. Like, it just isn't exciting to watch. Uh, And so they switched a lot of things. And my favorite thing that they switched was The Shining. The Shining wasn't in the book? Not in the book. Oh, interesting. Yeah, not in the book. One of the things I kind of, like, other than, like, showing things very briefly like oh hey tracer is uh is here from overwatch uh kind of felt like pop culture stopped at 1980 like or 1989 and uh just didn't advance that's true from in this and i thought that was weird uh, master chief was in it yeah but you like it wasn't i don't know like it, that that was those are all like just very easy to add in like oh hey this is just a little picture of master chief or whatever but like everything that it was built around like like the whole quest and like everything that this kid was into as well uh, was essentially the eighties. Yeah. I, yeah. No, you're, you're right about that. And I, it's more true in the book. Uh-huh. That's more the case in the book than it is even in the movie, which is why I kind of thought the book had come out in the eighties. Oh yeah. No, uh, I was surprised when he said it came out in 2011. No, but it was written by a guy who grew up in the eighties. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. And has a lot of nostalgia for the 80s. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like you could easily write a book that's set in 1960s London. Uh, or, or, is or, has a, or has a lot to do with... No, no, no. Oh, just 1960s, music. I'm sorry. Yeah, 1960s. Oh, like, yeah. has a lot to do with the music scene and, you know, all the pop culture that was going on around that time. Like, you're very knowledgeable and passionate about. And that's what the author's knowledgeable yeah. and passionate about. No, I think and, that. And is the train of thought also that the uh, the creator guy was also like he was super nostalgic? He grew up in the eighties as well. He grew up in the eighties. He was nostalgic for it. That's kind of what I chalked it up to. It's yeah, like that's 100%. his favorite decade. Yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense. Uh, I just because I was thinking about it as a movie that came out. When did this movie come out? Twenty seventeen or something? Yeah, eighteen. Uh, as like, man, what fifteen year old is like super into John Hughes? But I guess it's just. Well, I, that dude is super into the the, the creator, CEO, the creator, yeah, right, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah, so he's just into his interests, basically. Yeah, um, yeah I I loved. Uh, I I really, I mean, you guys are are not uh, going to be surprised to hear this, and I I think the tots won't either. 
uh, I don't typically like animated films. Mm-hmm. Um, motion capture, I, for whatever reason, just in my like mental gymnastics, like I have more personal interest in, I guess. I feel like there's a lot more that is motion capture that you maybe wouldn't think about. No, I know that's yeah. true, but I, I guess what I mean is where everything is, you know, real actors, it's all mocap, you know, rather than uh, pencil necessarily drawn characters flip through. I don't particularly like that animation style mm. motion capture. I'm a little bit more like forgiving of, I guess. Uh. Um, but I've never seen anything as photorealistic as the shining set. Yeah. It looked good. I was very interested in how they did that and what they did. Cause I thought it looked, I didn't look fake to me when I watched it. There was a a big mix of both. So there was uh, like the girls, like they built some small sections of the set. They rebuilt some small, small sections where there were only human characters interacting with that area, Mm -hmm. which is really in that scene in that whole sequence. It's just the two little girls in front of the elevator. Yeah. The hello, Danny, do you want to come and play with us? Uh, The rest of it was created digitally. Yeah, that, yeah, that looks crazy. really good. And yeah. I'm I'm pretty blown away by how it was super impressive. How good that looked and how good it looked with them being in something very photorealistic and them not being very photorealistic. Mm. Like that like it, it didn't feel awkward to me. This is I don't know that this is a reference that's going to hit for you guys. Uh but it very could have easily Do you guys know the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour? Sorry, we're recording yeah. a bad time. Uh yeah. Yeah, when when uh when Jimmy are you, are you on call right now? Is that no, your pager? Oh, no, okay. that's my timer. I I'm in doing physical therapy because I hurt oh, my shoulder. Gotcha. I just have to do it after this. Um, but oh yeah, there there every so often Nickelodeon would put you know Timmy Turner in in uh, in Jimmy Neutron, and then Jimmy Neutron would go into the Fairly Odd Parents world, and they would look really stupid, uh, and it would look really weird uh, next to each other, and it very easily could have looked as stupid as that, but it didn't. Right. Uh, like, they kept their same animation styles, um, or I, did they try to, like, transpose them into each other's animation they tra- styles? They changed, so, like, j- j- sorry, Timmy looked like Jimmy Neutron, and then they had this, like, and then Jimmy, and the, that animation style, but it was, just was wrong. You know, it was weird. <laughs> was were, were you guys too old to watch the Jimmy Timmy? Power hour. Yeah, I was too old. Um, I mean, I watched Fairly Odd Parents and Jimmy Neutron, but only like it was like my little brother was watching it, and I was just like, yeah, sitting with there. him, letting him watch it. Yeah, the, the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour was hype, honestly. Yeah. The Jimmy Timmy but those Power were, Hour was garbage. Those episodes <laughs> sucked. I was, you're, you're two years older than me, so you had a more refined palate, I guess. Maybe. I, I think when I reflect back on uh, Nickelodeon, I think of like uh, Doug and Rugrats. Yeah, yeah Doug, same. <laughs> That's old school. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) I like Doug. Yeah. But you also watched Adam Ant, (laughs) Anna Barbera (laughs) cartoons. Yeah. I, I also loved one of the things getting back to this movie. One of the things I really, really appreciate about this movie was the, the score. Uh, I thought it was really, really good. And especially like when he like, you know, pulls out the Zemeckis cube and like, you know, does it and throws it and it's all just back to the future like behind like it's just exactly like it's it's not the exact same notes at all of back to the future but it just calls you back to it immediately like there were so many moments in the score that called back and alluded to other things that a lot of movies that we've already covered a lot of movies that we've already covered that i thought was really fascinating and really interesting like it, it was a it was a really cool way to make so much homage in one film uh that 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 was super impressive to me what i what i think this movie did really well i will say is that it it basically it's a film of homage but it wasn't it was still its own thing i it wasn't too much it was like like there was so much and i don't know it just kind of worked it kind of made sense and it didn't feel forced in, in a way, we're like, oh, let's talk about this thing I like and this thing I like and this thing I like. But I think it did it very well. 
Mm. Yeah. Where like it, it, it's almost just a movie that's made to be like, I like these things. So I want to make a movie where I like these things. And right. It, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. Yeah. Sometimes. I thought it was cool too that it was like paying homage to like things outside of its own genre. Like there was mm-hmm. a lot of video game stuff, but there was a lot of movie stuff and pop culture stuff and a lot of music. Uh-huh. Uh and yeah, a lot of like a lot of films as well. You know, we have the T Rex and King Kong in the uh race car sequence. Mm-hmm. You know, the T Rex being from Jurassic Park, King Kong from King Kong. He's got the Back to the Future car. Yeah, yeah. All that was really fun to me. Uh-huh. And, like, I was watching, uh, uh, like, a behind-the-scenes documentary or making of, and uh, one of the sound designers was talking about the DeLorean in particular from Back mm-hmm. to the Future. <clears throat> and because uh, Steven Spielberg was a producer on that, on Back to the Future. And he produced the film. And so they were like working on the DeLorean and doing some of the sound design. And Steven was like, oh, yeah, I remember how we did the back events. It's this fire extinguisher. It was recorded around this time. And that sound designer was able to go find the original audio file that they used Hmm. for the DeLorean, like some of those original sounds to be able to like remake it again in this. What a move for Steven Spielberg to be like, I've. I've done everything. And so I have a little tidbit about half of the things that we're referencing in this movie. Because oh yeah. I was somehow involved in making most <laughs> of this. Well, and that's part of like what makes this movie even possible is the book is so much allusion to uh, like existing IP that when you have someone like Steven Spielberg, you get to be able to include all of that IP in the movie. Because he owns it. <laughs> because he owns a lot of it. Yeah. Like, Back to the Future, like, he owns some of that IP, even if he doesn't outright own it, like, he knows how to reverse engineer it himself, you know? Uh, because he was there when it was made. He made it. Yeah, I feel like if this wasn't based on a book, it'd almost be like Steven is just like, look at all this cool stuff that I did. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> what if we did a movie where we just smash together every other movie I've ever made? Bring all my best movies into it. Yeah. I would love to see RDJ do that. Just Iron Man and Sherlock Holmes. Lots of them. Iron Man, Sherlock Holmes, Oppenheimer. Mm. Uh, do, uh, do what's his little. name? The... The silent film actor Charlie Chaplin. Oh yeah, yeah Tropic Doctor Doolittle, Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Yeah, his character from, but just ma- amalgamize all of that into one character. I don't even know how you would do that. I think we got to write it. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write it. All right, and Jake, then you can produce it. And then <laughs> sure, I've never produced a movie before. You guys just have to help me find how to pitch it to RDJ. I, well, I got his number. I know that he lives. Oh, okay, I know that he lives in a windmill. Yes, uh, somewhere does. in Malibu. Yeah, and that's not a joke. He somewhere in Malibu. <laughs> so, if Just you, look for the windmill. If you drive around in Malibu and you find a windmill, you probably could find them. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a, like a windmill, like, like a wind turbine. No. It's no, like, no. A, like a Dutch windmill. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually true? He yeah. 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 He did like a, a video where they like walk through his house like an MTV Cribs type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Architectural Digest, I think. It was, yeah, it was yeah. AD. Okay, interesting. Wow, I, I didn't know that. Honestly, I think it's pretty dumb but that he <laughs> lives in that windmill, but it does make it did easy to find him. Did you watch the video? Like, did it uh, look... I didn't like it. I watched I watched the video a while ago. I don't you remember. weren't a fan of it. I wasn't a huge fan taste. of it. No. Interesting. Uh, Zach and Jake, in particular, for you guys now having seen this movie finally, uh, does it, like... Is it weird at all for you that Apple just literally ripped off the concept from this IP for their Apple Vision Pro, like their new like product? Like, have you guys did you guys oh, put that together? Uh, is that what Apple Vision Pro is? Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. It's an it's an AR or c- complete VR. Man. Uh. Good for them bringing us closer to to dystopia. They even did the exact same, like, you know, when he logs in for the first time and he, like, looks at the goggles and he puts them on and the camera, like, pans around and goes into the goggles. So, uh, what's his they name? They did that for Apple. Tim Apple. Uh, Tim Apple. Name, yeah, Tim Saw Cook. this movie and was <laughs> like, wow, the, our world should be like that. Yeah, basically. Good for him. So, what, what is this? And good for Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And good for uh, Ernest Klein, You haven't I seen guess. the Apple Vision? Mm-mm. 
It's a $3,500 starting price headset. Okay. Uh, Just like a VR headset? It's a VR headset. It's But it's it replaces your computer. Like, Really? You, like you can do a, a HUD like in your living room. It just, it'll virtually pop it up in front of you and you can virtually have a keyboard. And oh, you, weird. And it okay. like can do everything your Mac can do. And it's only application is to show you the Creed Summer of 99 tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you pop it up, it auto types that into the Google search. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Yeah. It's cool. I just don't know if I want to pay $3,500 for that. Because you could probably go to the I Summer just, of 99 tour for cheaper. Yeah. I could just do it on my other computer. Yeah, watch that video. Uh-huh. Or you could wait for whatever time this movie is set in, like 2240, for it to be like I thought free it was 2045. Cheaper. I don't know. Was it was it that it was like I think it was years? I think it was further in the future. Oh, I thought he said 2045, but Were you guys He could have. You could be right. Were you guys a little bummed to to find out from because from the marketing of this movie, I thought the whole world was like a, a junkyard stacked it was up, just Ohio, and I was pretty bummed <laughs> that I mean, if if something was going to be it, it would be Ohio, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but I, but I it's was, the fastest growing city in the nation. Cincy, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, it was Cincy. I, I think. I think so. Outside. No, Columbus. It was Columbus, Columbus Ohio. Ohio. Not yeah. even Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was kind of hoping the whole world would be a big trash pile. If I'm honest. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like from his description, it was pretty close. Yeah. Well, well, like the guys like in Japan looked stuff. pretty clean when that guy tried to jump out of a window because he zeroed out. That's true. Like all of Japan looked pretty clean. That's true. But he could have been like some senior VP. You don't know. <laughs> would uh would you would you risk it all to zero out to save the oasis sure yeah i guess <laughs> uh i, I would not what would your avatar be in the, in the oasis oh gosh that's a good question uh probably macho man randy savage i feel like you would be cat dog <laughs> oh, dude that's like you would be cat even, that's so would i be cat or dog would i be both you're both you're both yeah, that's yeah. even way better than macho man you could like savage. press a button you can switch like which one which way you're walking or what, which one you talk out of. what button yeah. do i press to for to have cat climb inside of dogs <laughs> like that's an a, ouroboros that's one yeah, of those special movies you have to spend like 500 bucks on oh i would absolutely spend 500 bucks on that are you kidding me as a as like a dlc skin uh-huh yeah I feel like that was IP that was definitely missing from this movie. <laughs> cat, cat dog? dog? Yeah. Cat yeah, dog. Yeah, I needed some cat dog for sure. What, what, I didn't particularly like him. Uh, what do you guys think about TJ Anderson? Or what do you guys Miller? think in general, or TJ Miller? What do you guys think about TJ Miller in general, maybe? In, in <laughs> general, general, general thoughts on TJ yeah, In general, general I don't really TJ like TJ Miller. I don't either. Uh, I've never really liked him. And then I think a cool gamer tag, though. Is, oh, I rock. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, I, then I found out that he calls in fake bomb threats to people that piss him <laughs> off. Uh, and I was like, wow, you're like even worse than I thought you were. Uh, so he didn't work for me in this movie either, but I, I think independent of all that, I just didn't think he was a very good character. I, I, I moderately enjoyed him in, um, the tech show that he was in. I did like him. Silicon Valley. Se- yes. Season yes. one, Silicon yeah. Valley. I thought he was very, funny. very funny. Um, but I, he, I feel like that's just him in everything he's ever in. Uh, and so he's not, he's definitely not one of my favorite comedians. And as a real life person, he doesn't sound like a great guy. And I, I think that honestly, a lot of his funniness in Silicon Valley was his relationship with Jin Yang. And I don't think that he would have been that funny if Jin Yang wasn't in it. I yeah, agree. I would agree with that. I Jin Yang completely. was very funny. Yeah. And then the way that Jin Yang would interact with him and, and torment him was yeah. also very funny. Very funny. <laughs> I, I just saw a clip of Silicon Valley the other day and it made me think like I should really rewatch this show. I've rewatched it a couple of times. It's very solid. I don't think I ever actually finished it. I don't think I ever watched the last season. Yeah. I haven't watched through the whole thing ever. Uh, have you seen any of it? At yeah. All? I've seen oh, okay. probably yeah. 10 to 15 episodes across it's various good. seasons. It's uh it's a solid movie or I'm sorry a solid show. Uh TJ Miller though. I I also I agree with you guys. I don't really like him all that much to be honest and uh in this I really just didn't like him and I really hated him after I watched the movie because I watched some like commentary stuff and uh like publicity and stuff like that and TJ Miller in an interview said uh, that he was freaking out the day of like, I think it was like first shooting 
because he didn't have any of his lines memorized because he had procrastinated and he was going in to shoot with Steven Spielberg for the first time. And he said in his words, I thought, well, all of my characters, like I approach it, it's from the voice. And so I just came up with this voice, his voice. (laughs) And, you know, I did it. And Steven was like, that's great. Let's just go with that. And like, he was so excited. And I was like, dude, you just had your normal voice. I I mean, I recognized it right away. I was like, I know exactly who that is. Yeah. You are not a vocal actor, my guy. There was no like, I think that might be TJ Miller. Yeah. You're like, oh, TJ Miller's in this movie. (laughs) I feel like all that does is just show how little Steven cared about that character. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that the villains were the thing that worked, or at least the thing that worked the least for me in the movie. Like I've never seen a more unbelievable villain motivation than for them to be like, oh, we're going to take this thing over. It's very profitable and we're going to make it unusable. Uh, and then that way we'll make more money because everybody's going to stop using it. Like what? They're going to sell 85% of the screen space to ads. Who would use that? I, d- I don't disagree with you, but Ben, is it Mendel? How do you say his name? Mendelssohn. Mendelssohn, uh, I think was still maybe my favorite part of the movie. That's true. I don't, I didn't dislike him. I just didn't, I couldn't buy into the villain motivation for even a second. I was like, you're just going to play yourself. Yeah, sure. It's, it's one of those things though, where when you own the monopoly, you get to do that. You get to do it. And then everybody gets to stop using it. Right. Yeah. But if it, there's no other game in town. And I guess if you're like, it's just a big jump. But there's no other, there's, it's not like this is a PlayStation versus Xbox world. Yeah. But like, let's say. In this world, there is only one game that literally everyone plays. And the only way to connect with people and the only way to buy things in most of life. Like, it's not just a game. It's where like all of their commerce happens. It's where all of their work happens. It's where their school happens. It's where everything happens. And so when you like in that world, in that like apocalyptic future, you get to, you get to be, you get to think like that because you're not in a capitalistic society anymore. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that that's where their work happens. Right. Cause people were like in Japan, there was one guy playing it and everybody else was doing something else. Right. It is where their work happens. Um, but yeah, it, it might not have shown that well enough in the movie. I think it did because I've also read the book. So I see what they're doing, uh-huh. but like it's where everything happens. It's sort of like, it's, it's not like, it's not like think about like Oculus trying to make a, a play like this. It's like, think about all of the ISPs in the world coming together and deciding that they're going to make a change. There's nothing that anyone can do to get around every ISP in the world. I guess. Like if they all agree and they all make a change, we all have to live with it. I mean, kind of, but if, if an ISP is like, oh, what we've decided to do is reduce it to reduce you to like 10 kilobits a second. You're like, well, cool. What am I going to do with this? This is a worthless product. Sure. That I'm not going to use anymore. But if that's where all of commerce happens, you just have to. You don't really get a choice. They can set rates wherever they want. They can create ads wherever they want. It's it's the argument like against monopolies for sure. I didn't get the impression that this was the only thing. I th- I thought that I got the impression that this was what everybody did in their spare time. Yeah, it's what everyone did all the time. Because even like at the end of the movie, when people like people are just on the street wearing their goggles like people it's not like spare time this is just where you live life and he kind of sets that up in the beginning of the movie that like in uh monologue he says that like this is where we do everything now in whatever 2045 or whatever it is whatever year it is like it's it's where everything happens in the world is in the oasis I, I don't know if the book gets into this. I doubt it does, but I think I would have been very interested to hear like just the the butterfly butterfly effect that the Oasis has. Just like how many like deaths has this caused? We see like a clip of uh, a kitchen about to catch on fire, I think, right? Uh-huh. Like a mom leaves a stove on or something yeah, like that. The dude jumped out of the building. Yeah, like I would love to see <laughs> how many like, people <laughs> committed suicide and died. That, and but then things. also just like accidental. Like uh-huh. people maybe like, you know, if, if they're 
wearing it in the street, uh-huh. walk into the road and get hit by a car or something. It is the entire premise of the second book. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That actually sounds pretty interesting. No, it's it's really like honestly the book is way more like philosophically rich than the movie the, is. The Okay, yeah, no, I I uh forgot that the second book is already out. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and you you took off work to read it. Uh interesting. So then is the second book about like should we have saved the oasis? Yeah. Wow, that's kind of interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to. He's gonna choose to shut it down. Well, it's more so. I don't want. I don't know. I I guess what I'm gonna give away is in like the first quarter of the book, so okay. it's not like a huge plot twist. Um, but the uh, James Halliday, the creator that the main character is obsessed with, after the main character takes over the Oasis with his friends, um. He, you know, inherits all the money, inherits, you know, like he becomes the CEO of the company, like, and he gets a, like a posthumous note from James Halliday, the creator with like, Hey, go check out this vault in R and D. And he goes in there and there's a headset that actually maps your thoughts and like downloads like a residual human image of your brain. Oh, so you live forever. So you live forever in the Oasis, in the Oasis, but like a villain exploits this and lots of people are dying as a result of it. And the whole world is, you know, on the, on the hook, like every pretty much everyone in the world might die as a result of this, uh, throughout the conflict of the book. And, uh, and there, there is a lot of like, like back and forth about like, should we just erase everything and, and destroy the economy, the world destroy economy, destroy the world economy. Interesting. Yeah. What would you do, Zach? Uh, shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Yeah. Go back to monkey. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I would sell 85% of the ad space. you're like that's the most reasonable thing anyone said this entire time yeah like that would make people to stop doing it so much (laughs) and i'd still get rich doing it were you bummed that he lost (laughs) were you rooting for you were rooting for sorrento yeah Yeah. sorrento yeah Yeah. (laughs) every time he came on screen i kept uh thinking of his role in the uh secret invasion show oh yeah I, i kept going Gaia. <laughs> I didn't watch Secret Invasion. Uh, I didn't either. But I know the character because okay. I watched Captain Marvel. I don't Marvel. know if anyone watched it. I hope that you said that out loud in your house. To <laughs> I, did. I did. I guarantee he did because yeah. he said it on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> How was that show? Eh. Yeah. Not, I heard, not I heard it wasn't very good. Um, basically, what the show should have been is all the stuff that's going to come after the show. Uh, okay like it, it just like spent like six episodes like setting up like world changing events but didn't show any of the things so it's kind of like okay but like so does that mean any movie i watch after this i'm gonna be so confused about uh may, <laughs> maybe a little there's like Sweet. millions of scrolls on the earth of course there are uh roadie has been a scroll since he broke his back are you serious yeah what yeah i heard that what? yeah roadie's been a scroll since he broke his back so he doesn't know tony's dead so wait where's, where's roadie yeah, where's the real he's one? been in like a trance in a scroll machine and someone took his identity and his mind oh like from so, captain marvel and he's in the ready machine. player one uh similar to right. that yeah, yeah. He, he's in the oasis so like he <laughs> him and also at some point the um uh the Hobbit. What's his name? <laughs> Martin, Martin, <laughs> Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman's, Freeman's been a scroll Hobbit. for a little while too. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, speaking of uh, British actors, uh, this was our second movie uh, in quick succession with Simon Pegg in it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always. I mean, I really do. Like that. You said it on the Mission Impossible episode that you love him. Yeah. Every time you see him. And like thinking about that and rewatching this movie, thinking about that episode, rewatching this movie, I think I agree with you. I think every time I see Simon Pegg, I just get happy. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun, fun time. Yeah, I think he always delivers exactly what's asked of him. Yeah. I actually feel like he, 
outperformed in this movie. Uh, and I so I I think last time we talked about him, I said I didn't really care for him. Mm-hmm. I really liked him in this movie, actually. I thought he was like gave a very compelling performance mm-hmm. for his very small amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like he kind of outperformed everyone else in the movie. I found his character really um, like touching, and, yeah. and uh, I, I wish that he was in it more. I actually like was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed his performance in this. Mm. And so maybe I prefer him when he's doing when drama. He's, yeah, when he's not the comic relief. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen him in like a purely dramatic role. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be I down think he to could see that. Do well. The uh, the main character Ty Sheridan yeah. is has he any had any other like big roles? He was in a he was another uh, like teen throb for something like it wasn't Hunger Games and it wasn't. Maze Runner, but it was something like that. Those I are think. the only two that I know. He's like Diet Coke Miles Teller. If you, he is Diet Coke Miles Teller. If you click on his profile, we could see like what he's most known for. Oh, he was in X Men. He played. Oh, he Cyclops. was Cyclops. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Probably just scroll up a little bit to. Dude, the, he was in a, a video game, Madden NFL Twenty One. Okay, well, scroll up to his most known. What's he most known for? Ready Player One, Mud. Joe, X-Men Apocalypse. I saw him in Mud and then obviously in X-Men Apocalypse where he plays Cyclops. Now show me uh, my favorite credited role here, uh, Lame Tattoo Guy. Lame what Tattoo is, What is Lame guy. Tattoo Guy Lawrence Spellman been in? I'm <laughs> yeah, that is, that's a character. His yeah. name, his character is Lame Tattoo Guy. I don't oh, he's rem- in Game of Thrones, Fury, and Chernobyl. Dude, nice. I wasn't. He was a gold cloak in Game of Thrones, which means nothing. Like he was an extra. He's just a. He's a very popular extra. I just. It's. It's always funny to me to look at credits and see what kind of mean names characters get. Oh yeah. I can't wait till we're listed on IMDb for our uh, podcast. Wait for a lame podcast host. Uh huh. (laughs) Lame pod. Well, one of us will be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I did it to myself. <laughs> I don't know who it's going to be, oh. but you it's going to be one of us. It. It's going to be one of us. Well, because you yeah. made the first joke yeah. and I did the add-on, so you'll I be you. Zach. You'll be podcast guest. Oh yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll yeah. probably be lame podcast host. Uh, what do you guys think of Mark Rylance in this movie? Dude, I like Loved Mark him. Rylance. Is that Boat Dad? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Boat Dad. Boat Dad. Not to be not to be confused with butt rock. You guys, yeah. Yeah, true for anyone out there who may have confused boat dad the and butt sub genre of butt rock with the character in in uh, in Dunkirk boat dad. Although uh, that wasn't the character's name, that was just what we came up with. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the only name I ever learned. Yeah, I wish that Chris Nolan had credited him as boat dad on IMDb. Uh, so you guys loved him. I did. Movie. Yeah. I thought he did good. Yeah. I, I, when I said I love him, I was like, I just, I haven't seen him in a you ton, like but actor. I like the you actor. Love I think he actor. does a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's what I meant too, is I love Mark Rylance. Yeah. I think he did great in this though. Uh, I liked him playing kind of two characters. Uh Oh, like when he plays the wizard. Too. Yeah. Like yeah. he, when he plays his avatar, he plays like a, like definitely not the same type of character as uh-huh. the creator. Yeah. Um, Mark, I feel like either, uh, gives me a performance that I really enjoy or, uh, plays someone that I would be my least favorite person in the entire world. And he was the least favorite person in the entire world for me in this, as well as don't look up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, the entire time was just like, why would any 15 year old kid like look up to this guy? Like he just, uh, cause he created the biggest, thing I, ever. I, I get that, but he's also like the lamest dude to ever exist. Like he was just, <laughs> I and think every I time you. I, I kind of was brought out of the movie a little bit. I think, but I think because he's lame is why he liked him. Like he connected, like he felt lame. I think one of the things I hate most about this movie as compared to the book is they make the main characters in this movie seem way cooler than the book makes them seem in general. And so I think what you're experiencing is maybe a disparity in like the main character, Parzival, is actually a super nerd. And like Ty Sheridan is like, you know, not like he's a little like lack self-confidence maybe. Yeah. But he's not 
a dweeb. No, not at all. Like he looks like he'd be like a fairly liked kid. Yeah, like, and he's a pretty normal. The kid. character is not. Yeah, so maybe he's miscast. Like it should have been like right. like Ned from Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> it would have oh, been, I would have loved that. It, I love that. Frankly, would have been a, a a more a slightly more accurate cast. Yeah, but when they got to the movie, they're like, "Well, we've still got to have attractive people." Like you know, like as our that's why we leading man TJ Miller. Lady. A little disappointed in Steven. I well, expected more from you, TJ Miller. We never see yeah, his face. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's for the best. Um, <laughs> we see his uh, his grotesque body, which is somehow more attractive than TJ Miller, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, the giant holes going through. Yeah. It. So I have a question. Um, f- you said that the the shining part is not in the book. Is there like an alternative to that, or do they not go into a famous novel slash movie that just every trial? is a combination of like knowing famous arcade games, video games, movies, and uh, like music from the seventies and eighties. Got it. I think that was a decision that they made. That was a really great decision. Uh I agree. It played, it played well, in a movie. I agree. One of, to give you an, an example, one of the, one of the challenges. So the second challenge, the one that I guess was the shining, uh, the second challenge was like in the book was that he had to like word for word, uh, recite the lines from the movie war games from Mm, the perspective of Matthew Broderick's character. So he was like virtually in the movie as Matthew Broderick's character and he had to perfectly recreate the entire movie, like all two hours of it from memory. Huh. Which like as a book is kind of fun to read, but in a movie that's super lame <laughs> to watch. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> Hold on, let's take a break and let's just watch war games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I the parts of this movie that I liked the most was when they were simply trying to just um, like finish uh, Halliday's game essentially or his mission that he gives them. Uh, I, I thought that was always really fun and creative. And then when it kind of becomes like the let's save the world part of the movie and like let's take down the big bad CEO um, was when it felt a little more generic to me. And I almost I, I feel like I would have maybe enjoyed this movie if it was more so just like like uh, there were less stakes and maybe there was just like one the villain character was just another uh, avatar that was just trying to beat. I don't remember Percival, 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 yeah. um, and and the, the the finished goal was just like completing the the game. I feel like mm-hmm. I I would have maybe enjoyed that more if the antagonist was more the challenge than a human. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think I agree with that totally because I think that's also where the movie lost. Like it lost me a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also. The the suits you could buy where you feel the pain. Yeah, why would you do that? I'm like, why? Haptic suits. Yeah, yeah like. Well, but you also feel the pleasure. Well, one, I don't understand yeah. that technology. Like, it's just like outside clothing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. I'm not defending it that hard. Yeah. I'm just seeing. You know. But I'm like, even if that's the case, like, can you deactivate it when you're not doing that? Like why I don't want to feel the bullets and you know uh, I in I mean they kind of indicate in the book because obviously way more detail goes into a book than yeah. into a movie in terms of exposition, um and they they indicate that you can like dial back or dial up the settings to your preference so like a bullet can feel anywhere from like nothing to like a real bullet no like like a punch. Okay. Like that's kind of what they like indicate in the, in the book that like mm-hmm. the best haptics, it's still just more like, you know, like a solid punch mm-hmm. than a bullet. Also, are there like neutral zones in the Oasis? Okay. Yeah. So there are areas where you can have player to player con combat and areas where you can't have any player to player combat. So like they show that in the, like the library or whatever that they go into, like that's a no PVP zone in the, in the book. Got it. Although that isn't even a real place, but they, there is a place similar to that. Okay. Yeah. 
There was a line in this movie that I thought about and I thought this is really dumb. And then I thought about like my real job and how it, so <clears throat> the line is when, when all these corporate people in suits are looking, they're like, he's not even clanned up. And I thought that's so dumb that they're saying that. And then I remember I work for a very big tech company and we have like some service. We have like a service called Totoro apparently, which I didn't know about. And then I hear like a 60 year old man be like, did you look that up on Totoro? And I realized that that's probably pretty reasonable. Actually, <laughs> You're like, people do talk like it that. It makes me giggle every time. Something like, like when an old man who has no idea what anime is has to, has to talk, say words from Miyazaki movies. I think it's so funny. What clan would you be in? Uh, the Rotten Potatoes clan. Yeah, I would assume that we are a clan. I joined the Sixers. <laughs> Ouch. I'd be part of IOI. You'd sell out for sure, you guys? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. To Jake, take it down yeah. from within, though. You we're, and, the, we're the Rotten Potatoes clan. Yeah, we would go, we would go and first to the egg. I, I feel yeah. like we wouldn't be the Rotten Potatoes clan. We'd be the tots. But like we would be like the like we'd be the admins the admins for it. But right. then all of our tots could also be in our clan. But it's like T O T five, right? Or T zero T five. Yeah, I'm good with the five. Yeah, yeah. some like elite speak in there. Yeah, a little bit elite, just to make it cool. Yeah. yeah. Would you guys rather have a Z or a five? Five. Five. Zach, you have uh, elite? Any elite. What's elite? <laughs> <laughs> elite is like uh, terms for that like, like don't use like real letters no, lol is technically technically elite speak have you ever seen okay. somebody type something in a way that makes you want to punch them in the mouth like, like n3rd yeah like IRL. sure like yeah, elite yeah, 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 yeah. in elite speak is spelled l33t okay and i it. see people do that and i think i want to punch this nerd uh -huh. like that's what halliday would do and i would punch him uh, uh -huh. yeah that's what it is. Lead okay. speak was really big in the 90s. Okay. Really big in the 90s and a little bit in the early aughts. So you kind of missed a lot of it. I guess so. You got the you got the the version that like went out to the masses like LOL and BRB. Yeah. But like Leet speak was like But way I didn't even crazier. know what it was. Like I didn't oh, know yeah. it was Leet. Yeah. Like Pwn PWN. Yeah. Like, Pwn oh. is Leet speak. Got it. I-Y-K-Y-K, okay. <laughs> say that again? I-Y-K-Y-K. I-Y, I'm not even going to try If you know, you know is what he's Oh, doing. okay, okay. <laughs> TLDR. I, apparently, I didn't know. That's uh, <laughs> uh, enough Leet speak. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what really didn't work for you guys in this movie? I think I already said it is like, TJ Miller, it was the villains. And then... Just kind of the maybe the last thirty minutes of the movie, I wasn't that into honestly. Yeah, both you guys talked about that. I'd love to in the last couple of minutes hear a little bit more like what you didn't like about the third act. It just it felt like one I what I liked what worked about the movie for me was the quest and like them figuring out the trials and them figuring out all that. I thought that was fun. Yeah, and we weren't really doing that anymore. We were mm. like gearing up for a war. And like infiltrating the and like I, it just didn't work as well for me. But then also there was the end, and it, it just feels like a. It almost felt like a little kid telling a story. And it's like, well, then also uh, I the bad guy came up, but then the police came and they arrested him, and then everybody in town was around, and then they cheered while I kissed my girlfriend, and I got to uh, run the biggest thing in the world with all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of the ending felt. To Get me. owned, Ty Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> you diet coke. Miles Teller. <laughs> <laughs> um, you kind of touched on something that didn't work for me as well, which was the romance between uh -huh. the two. Or I guess the romance on Parsifal's end. Honestly, the romance uh, works way less in the book. Really? Why? It's so awkward. I would have loved it. Like if intentionally because he's a dweeb in the book or like uh, yeah, maybe not. Okay. Are they both dweebs? Yeah. Because that's the thing is that, like, uh, I don't know her name either. Olivia Cook's character, like, seems Artemis. like kind of like a badass chick, even in real life, too. She's, like, leading a rebellion, and, like, so she doesn't seem like a dweeb. They're all, know? like, total outcasts. None of them have any friends outside I of think this. I think you were right to say that they seemed too cool in this. Like, mm -hmm. the nine-year-old kid who knew jiu-jitsu and could, like, you know, beat up well, adult That kid men. was awesome. He was awesome, for sure. I mean, coming from someone who enjoyed, uh, what's the kid's name in um, The Goonies? Oh. 
Oh, Gadget. Little Iron Man? Data. Yeah, Data. Yeah, data. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. No, but really the, the third act, um, it, it felt like it just kind of dissolved into uh, just a more generic, like, young adult. Like, just like yeah. we have the, the team of, like, preteen, young adolescent kids that are going to take on the big bad guy. It just kind of felt like a, um, a Hunger Games with, Less apocalypse and more eighties. More Iron Giant. I more Iron wish, Giant. I kind of wish Artemis would have Terminator been, references. <laughs> I kind of wish Artemis would have been what uh, H said he he could have been or she could have been like just like a middle aged overweight dude. <laughs> like the the Wow guy from South Park. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, like they're like doing this whole His thing. This dude Chuck. like rolls yeah. up in like an electric scooter because he can't walk. So like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, Kevin James. If this was like, <laughs> yeah, recast Parzival with Kevin James. Well, I'm not Ned. Ned. No, recast no, Artemis. Ned, with Kevin yeah, James. Artemis is Kevin James. Oh, recast so Artemis with Parzival. Yep. Ned as Parzival, and then Kevin James. Kevin James. Uh-huh. And as then Artemis. Can, and then can we have like maybe Chris Rock as H? Sure. Like really, like kind of put it on its head a little bit. You know, yeah, I like that. Like he's hiding who he is, but not. Like oh, so it's Chris Rock, like it's Chris Rock, Chris Rock, yeah, <laughs> super meta, yeah. I'm down. I, I would love. So that. it's like really old Chris Rock too. So then it could, okay, yeah, I'm Chris Rock. No, it's yeah. old Chris Rock, but his uh, avatar is young. Is young Rock. Chris Rock? <laughs> his yeah. avatar and is everyone's like, and everyone's like, oh, who's really behind the Chris Rock avatar? But it's actually Chris, it's Chris Rock, Rock the whole yeah. time. Why wouldn't his avatar be his character from Madagascar? What's his name? Oh, no, definitely not. Marty? Marty. 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 Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. You pulled that out? I was like, I am not going to get it. I would this. never have gotten it. Uh, that, I love that. I love Ned from Spider-Man to Kevin James and Marty. <laughs> All in the same movie. Just yeah. a zebra running around? It's sort of like grown-ups, but like in the future, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so David Spade uh, yeah, is I didn't the realize curator. This. David Spade's the curator. I didn't realize that we had two out of the four grown-ups. <laughs> yeah. this we'll replace TJ Miller with Adam Sandler. <laughs> I like that. Another raspy voice, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but he can do like a song, like a like a, a semi-funny song yeah. in the middle of it. I I think Adam Sandler should do that in every movie he's in. Yeah, I was I upset agree. he did not sing a funny song in Uncut Gems. Or in uh, Punch Drunk Love. Didn't you he know? just come out with like a, a new on. movie that's getting like super good ratings on Netflix? You're, Again? It's like, you're totally not invited to my bat mitzvah. Oh, I haven't. Uh, is I haven't, Adam Sandler having a bat mitzvah? I, <laughs> have heard of it. I haven't heard about this. Yeah, I, apparently it's getting good reviews. But. A lot escapes me on Netflix. There's yeah, so much a lot goes under the radar. And somehow I don't see any of the new stuff until somebody tells me about <laughs> right, it. Right, yeah. And it's like, where is it? Yeah, it's it's buried in Netflix. Uh, before we put this to bed, um, I just want to say, like, in defense of, uh, like, I guess my own nerddom, uh, I freaking love uh, all of the references in this movie like I, I kind of offhandedly threw one away earlier, but like when uh, the Iron Giant is collapsing into the magma, throwing up the thumbs up from Terminator 2, <laughs> like all of those little details, like seeing Sonic the Hedgehog in this was really cool, you know. Yeah, seeing Master Chief in this. I don't remember Sonic. Seeing uh-huh. the Millennium Falcon, seeing an X-Wing, like seeing a lot of these like things uh-huh. show up like every single time brought me so much joy uh like i felt like to your point jake earlier like this truly was there was a lot there's a lot in the book that is truly fan service i mean this was an author who was a nobody that wrote a book that the world fell in love with and then steven spielberg fell in love with it and made a movie about it but he's just a nobody from like arizona like he had not really written anything before. Like this was just an idea that he had. He ran with it and it was so much fan service, but he does it in a way that I appreciate and I like all the fan service. And I felt like Steven Spielberg did a good job of giving that back to me in a visual format instead. It's the amount of times I feel like it's crazy to me that this is somebody that never wrote anything and then made, you know, it was a huge I feel like I heard everybody talking about when it came, like when the movie came out, I, I didn't know that the book came out similar time to the movie, but like 
It, I mean, well, no, that's not true. I, I I misspoke when I said that. If I if I said that, they were working on getting the movie made uh-huh. before the book was released. So, like, while it was still with the publisher, they were in conversations to okay. make the movie, but they hadn't made the movie yet. But he was still like an unknown. He was still an unknown. He was a nobody. That's always crazy to me that somebody can just do that. You know, just like, oh, you know, I got a, I got an idea. I'm nobody. And now I'm super famous. He's on set and Steven Spielberg is like, oh my God, like, hey guys, like the author's here. And everyone's like, oh my God. And this guy is like walking around, like I'm on Steven Spielberg's set right now. Like he walks into, like he has a like perfect reproduction DeLorean that he's like meticulously built himself. Like that's what kind of a like nerd the author is before all this happened. Like he's just that nerdy. Sounds expensive. Very expensive. Like very, very expensive. It sounds like you're telling me that he wrote himself into the book as Halliday. <laughs> no, he wrote himself into the book as the main character, Parzival. Okay. But like I said, in the book, the character is way nerdier <laughs> yeah. than in the movie. Um, but yeah, just a total super nerd. And then like, you know, one of his favorite movies is obviously back to the future. He has this, you know, back to the future DeLorean. Uh, and he's like walking on to a score stage, a sound stage where his favorite composer of all time is scoring his story. Like that's an insane rags to riches moment. Like it's hard to, it's hard to, hard to pass up talking about like how, how life changing that would be. Like if you just wrote something for the hell of it, cause you're like, Oh, this sounds fun. And then a few years later, Steven Spielberg is making a movie out of it. That would kind of blow your mind. It, it was, it was just, I was thinking about it when you were saying it's like, I guess it, anybody could just get lucky. Like why not just do it? Yeah. You have something totally. you're thinking about, just go for it. I'm, I'm trying to remember, I'm racking my brain. I read something or I watched something where the author talked about what inspired him to make the to write the book. And it was something so silly. Like he ripped off some other ideas like, Oh yeah. What if that, but it's in the future and it's like video games. Hmm. Oh, it was Willy Wonka. This story is, I can see that. This story is what if Willy Wonka was a video game designer? Interesting. I can definitely see that. That's, that's what made the author decide to write this story. Which is honestly like it's such a small, but but apparently like a like a very original idea. Like I felt like this was very original, but it's really just Willy Wonka. Hmm. Have we talked about how I'm uh, Willy Wonka? The remake is one that I would end my life over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did actually. Yeah, no, we talked about Timothy Chalamet. Uh, oh wait, what? Yeah, did, did, I was that a a bit that we developed on pod or not? I, I think I texted the group. Oh, we didn't it. develop this bit on pod at all. No. Oh, um, so I just introduced it right now. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, there's sorry, a, there's sorry a list to do of that movies with no fanfare. Uh, it's it's remakes. So what's your story? <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary remakes. Perfect. That you would... Perfect. Uh, little little bit there. <laughs> Uh, you're remake, welcome. Remakes that I would end my life over. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of them. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look all that great. Yeah. Uh, what was the, the first one that spawned this bit? I don't remember. I thought we talked about it on the podcast, but I can't remember now. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Oh, I think it was the new oceans movie. That's supposed to come out. Oh, There's another maybe. oceans movie coming out. I actually, yeah, this is the one that you said you'd kill yourself. <laughs> I actually, all right. No, I, I, gotta, I gotta do it. I thought it was an indie. I thought it was the Indiana Jones movie. It could have been. Yeah. I don't care about Indiana Jones. So uh, that's definitely but not it. I think at one point I talked about how they're making, Oh, they're remaking the original oceans 11, not the Soderbergh one. Oh, Oh. With Ryan Gosling and Parker Robbie, and I think you said I'll all in my life. <laughs> because <laughs> Over of that. that. Did I? Because yes. it exists. That's all right. That I guess sense. I gotta do it. I would after Barbie, I would yeah. watch anything Brian Gosling and Margot Robbie were in together till the end of time. And it, if you want to see that happen, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Oh God. Am I gonna live stream that? <laughs> well, loud? I mean the walk is coming out first, so that's right around the corner. Oof. So you need to get your will in order. Yeah, I guess. Bye guys. <laughs> all right. Scott, what do you say we put this one to bed? Yeah, Tyler, you're up first. Uh, I'm going to give this a 6.9. Uh, 
more attractive IROCs than TJ Miller's. <laughs> Jake. I, or I was wrapping my head around what Tyler just said uh, with the the unit. I'm going to give this... Um, I'm surprised you went 6.9. I'm going to give this a 7.1 cat dogs. Uh, I'm going to give this a, a 7.2 um, Diet Coke uh, lead characters. Zach? I'm also going to give this a 6.9... Movies that I wish Marty the Zebra was in. <laughs> Can we come out with that list for Patreon? Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. So this comes out to a 70%. Uh, once again, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 72. Uh, IMDb gave it a 7.4. Uh, so we're right in line with them. And it comes out to movie number 97 out of 145. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Jake, where are we going next week? Uh, we're going to watch a movie that Zach told me has Ron DeSantis vibes. Uh, <laughs> a beautiful mind. <laughs> what? Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.